This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Seagull Social Season 2, Episode 24, and it is an absolute delight to have the legend himself, massive, Mr. Brighton, absolutely massive. Norman <laughs> Cook, aka Fatboy Slim. How are you doing, Norman? You all good? I'm good, yes. I'm good. I'm excited about this. It's not good something man. I do very often, so um, yeah. This I is just Fingers crossed, studio. From listening to praise you at the games and everything, and now we've got the man himself on the podcast, boys. This is like if we said this to each other in 2020, when we started this up, we would have just been oh, like, "Nah, mm, nah, you're, yeah. you're you're lying, you're absolutely lying." This is mental, absolutely. <laughs> we had crazy. we had knockout on uh, Norman, and we thought that was the pinnacle, and it was all downhill from here. But now you <laughs> brought us back up to, to the peak. <laughs> it's funny you should um, say about hearing hearing uh, praise you because that's a really weird one for me. Because is it? and they play praise you after the game. It's kind of I'm either absolutely sort of so full of um, pride and joy in the team, or gutted, and it, it, it's quite it's weird because it's like it's my song, but it gets a new emotion every time you hear it at yeah. football. Mm. Um, I suppose that's one of the wonderful things about music is the way it stirs your emotions. But it's a double-edged sword when they play at the Amex, um, mm. and 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 one that's uniquely freaky to me because everybody else can just brush it off but for me it's like oh it's that bloody song again <laughs> do, you, do you get sick of like sick and tired of hearing your own songs or are you just like now it's like yeah it, it is what it yeah is. i mean generally yeah there's a, there's a cut-off point where uh especially the more popular ones where you do get um fed up of hearing them but things like they kind of take on a new life at, at things like football especially your team i mean i yeah. you know Right here, right now, I get to play quite a lot of sporting events and, and I still get kind of slight goose pimples when I hear it, it works oh, right. in that environment. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 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 uh, it, it, yeah, it kind of it keeps tunes like that going because some of them you do get fed up with. But if you hear them in different places and then they mean something and they, they bring something else in them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I heard yeah. you say that, um, I think you've had, I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but when you play Praise You at your gigs and things like that, you don't ever play the original now. You always have to... You also have a different mix version of it. Is what? Why is that? Well, two things. One, my my 
DJ sets are pretty much house these days, so it's pretty okay. much house tempo. So to suddenly go down and play that. But secondly, I'm, I'm bored titless of hearing it in its original <laughs> form. Um, and so, yeah, it's just more fun for, to hear it in a different way. I mean, everyone, you know, in terms of, of overplayed songs, probably that's my most overplayed song. Everyone knows how it sounds, so there's yeah. no point in me just playing it again. It's mad because, um, oh, I'll go on, Ben, finish it off. I was going to quickly say, just on that, my friend saw you after we drew Chelsea, actually. They went from Chelsea away. I was I had COVID. I was gutted, so I couldn't go. And then they went to your gig at the Arch. And my friend Dan, you actually put his hat on. He had the Brighton bucket hat. I don't know if you remember that at all. So then he was oh, absolutely gassed yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, was, I was still on a high from the game. Oh, yeah. Because I'd, I'd watched <laughs> it immediately before going to the gig. So I was and, and looking out and see. I mean, I, I always get a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a thing seeing an Albion shirt in the crowd. Because, um, because we're not one of those sort of huge international no. teams, premiership mm. teams yet. Mm. But when I've I've been everywhere from like Patagonia to Australia, and then you look up and there's generally one Albion shirt in the no crowd, way. and you can <laughs> then you can just see it at the sea of all people. I just see the Albion shirt. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like where's Woolly, but for Brighton. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> Sorry, where's what was Wally, that? But, I said it's like where's Woolly, but for Brighton. Yeah, yeah, but it is. <laughs> but it's amazing how, how many people around the world and and because they kind of know that i'm an album fan they they feel they should wear it to the to the gig so yeah i'm always very touched by that where's the weirdest place you've seen at brighton street you say patagonia or Ooh. i think patagonia is pretty much up there um, where, where even is patagonia oh, yeah, i thought it was just is. a clothing brands i can't southern lie Ar- look really dumb southern argentina oh wow oh, mad jesus mad. Yeah. when was that then? i mean when, when were the same colors though, patagonia because that must have been when would that have been I don't know a few years back um just because the brighton shirt you know you you didn't even really see brighton shirts locally only i often wish i could stop the gig and just have a chat with person <laughs> yeah. but generally there isn't time um no i mean no i'd love to hear some of their stories whether it's uh, like albion fan well i mean uh australia there's a there's a there's a gang called seagulls down under yeah and they're a group of kind of expat um, Albion fans who live down there and they all get together because they have to watch the matches at like five in the morning so they all conspire to find somewhere nice to watch them and they come quite regularly and I've done actually that was probably the last podcast I did about football was with them because oh, nice. I kind of feel an affinity with them because they're just they're, they're mad bastards you know that like <laughs> whole other side of the world get them out five o'clock in the morning just to watch the Albion yeah, and they've nice. got their I've got I've got and actually they gave me a scarf a seagulls down under scarf and nice. yeah, yeah. I mean, so I yeah, suppose these little merch. pockets. We should do a skid, I don't think Seagull Social Collab for some merch. For <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. No, no, that's incredible. Like, yeah, you must have some mad stories in, in mad all stories. parts of the world. Uh, it must be mad. But just, just quickly before sort of we uh, move on to the football and stuff, it'd be great just to find out a little bit more about you, if that's all right. So, just first of all, and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times before. <laughs> Uh, but where did the, the name Fat Boy Slim come from exactly? Like, what what made you think? Yeah, that's a great that's a great name for a DJ. It just sounded good. It just sounded. I mean, it, I like its stupidity. It's an, oxy, <laughs> it's an oxymoron. Also, I I really like old blues singers, uh, and it's one of my little kind of quiet passions. And a lot of the old blues singers had really cool names like Snooks Eagling and. Um, P.T. Wheatstraw and uh, but if you were a fat blues singer you were called Slim so there was Pine Top Slim <laughs> Mem- Memphis Slim Bumblebee Slim and just the idea of Fat Boy Slim is the oxymoronic uh, blues singer who couldn't exist 
and it just sounded it just sounded good. It's not supposed to mean anything. Mm. Oh, I, I just right. and I thought there was going to be some like crazy story behind it, like the, I don't know something happened in your childhood. It was Fat Boy Slim. I don't know, but that's <laughs> no, much- no, because I mean at the time when I started being Fat Boy Slim, I was also Pizza Man, the Mighty Pizza. Dubcats, and a member of Freak Power. <laughs> So mm. uh, it was just, I just needed A, another name for A, another label and a different style of music. And so yeah. we, we, I mean, we literally sat in my, um, sat in my flat, had a late night, uh, you know, barnstorming session uh, where it's like, okay, we're just going to keep drinking until we come up with a good name. <laughs> and about 4 a.m. 4 that, that one turned up. Wow. That's quality. Incredible. So, has anyone tried to? You know the way of the world now. If you did Fat Boy Slim, it probably wouldn't be a thing, would it? So, has anyone yeah, tried to bring that bring that up now and say, do you know what? This is this is too rude or offensive. Or oh, what just, the, the fat shaming it? thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, it, or... no, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, because if I probably came up with that name, they'd probably go, oh yeah, yeah. Can't, can't do that, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's never. It's that's that's very interesting. That that's never. It's never really cropped up. Shark, thank God. Um, Praise the Lord. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and especially because, Presley, especially because on the second album we had a picture of a fat kid on it. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember the I remember the image. Yeah, I mean, but like I said, it was it was never supposed to be about that kind of fat because people used to put, spell it P H A T, fat yeah, beats yeah. or something. No, there was no connotations apart from it just sounded good and and. Uh, yeah, and it was it was the the oxymoronic nature of it that attracted there me. There you go. It's done fairly well, isn't it? It's fair to say, I think. <laughs> it's got a good it's got a good ring to it, and it's stuck. To it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's done better for me than Pizza Man, Mighty Dubcats, <laughs> or the other. <laughs> I, 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 I think I prefer Pizza <laughs> Man to one. I think Pizza <laughs> Man would have been incredible. That would be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the next one. So we've got how does a boy from Surrey end up supporting the Mighty Albion? Then, okay, can you explain? Uh, I moved to Brighton. I mean, I don't know if you know the story. Where where I grew up, I grew up in a place called Red Hill. And we were just up the road from Sellers Park. Ooh. And so where I grew up, everybody we went to Palace. And so as I was coming of age, you know, 14, you know, take me to football. And it was in, this is like the 70s. So it was kind of right in the next sort of AG, AGRO, agro yeah. days. Mm. And, and it's sort of like, you wanted to go and have the scarf tied around your wrist and everything. And I went to Sellers Park a couple of times, but I just couldn't fall in love with a team like that. Oh. It was that close. So, imagine, imagine another universe where Fat Boy Slim was a Palace fan. That would I know. We have, to, oh, yeah. we have to hear what your a horrible music. Horrible thought. Well, <laughs> it'll be like the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, because of that, so I went to football a few times. Never really got into it. There was didn't find it very attractive. And mm. but then when I was eighteen, I moved down to Brighton to go to college. And I've lived in Brighton ever since. And so, mm-hmm. uh, they, I mean, I moved down to Brighton the year that we were in the FA Cup final. Oh, wow. Uh, exactly. oh, 80, yeah. 81, I think. So when I moved down to Brighton, everyone everyone was buzzing about this, yeah. you know, about the, the team. And um, and I lived just up the road from the Goldstone. So uh, I would just walk to the games and, yeah, I've just fell in love. I mean, yeah, you could fall in love with a team like the Albion. Mm-hmm. Not so much when you, uh, when you live near Croydon. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. You're probably one of very few that's come out of that area and supported mm. Brighton, but thank God you mm. did. Um, and then, sorry, just on that quickly, are your son or daughter either are they Brighton fans as well? Do they have the same passion as you? My son, sadly, I took him to his first games um, at the Withdean, and the first two games were really quite dire, and he yep. didn't fall in love with the idea of football, so he just doesn't like football at all. Um, my daughter comes to comes to the Amex with me. Oh, nice. she is, oh, really? she's just turned 12 
And I actually, uh, on her 12th birthday, we went to the Palace game. <laughs> that was her oh, birthday God. treat. <laughs> no, no pressure from her dad. It's like, this is what your birthday treat's going to be. <laughs> Like anything, um, anything but Palace. Yeah. I've got to say now, um, actually, because on that, just quickly, because I was going to ask you this anyway, but I might as well start ask it now. So when I was probably about 10 and I used to go in a 1901 club with my uncle's ticket, right? I always, always saw you coming out of the ground. We, we always came down the same the same set of stairs. So whereabouts do you sit now? Because I'm pretty sure that's the West sort of middle. middle yeah, I'm still, I'm still lower. in the same seats. I'm same still seats. in the same seats that I've had Mad. since the Amex yeah, since we started the nice. Amex, which is wow. just behind, so just to the right, West End, just to the right of the uh, halfway line, second tier up. We're just okay. behind the away, no, we're, just, we're just behind the away um, uh, directors. Yeah, okay. you're just below me now, because I, um, I will look right. over, so that, there you go, there you are. Sorry, just for uh, my to, own personal gain now, <laughs> not related to the podcast. No worries. You know what you should do, because my, uh, my father in your law used to sit directly above us in the next tier, and they used to dangle things down on scarves to us, Right. because we're literally directly below the lip of it. Yeah, and yeah, that's where so I am they, as well. They I'm used to like there. tie bags of sweets onto scarves and, lo- and lower them down for us. Quality. Oh, that yeah. There you go. Well, do you not, do that. That. Norman, Next do you not have access to food or something? <laughs> they have to like send you down that. <laughs> yeah, <there's something>. <laughs> no, it was just it was just their sense of humor. My my father sense of humor was. That's probably why your daughter fell in love with the football. Like to be fair to Woody, your son, like if you took a child to the Wiv Dean, it's quite hard for them to fall in love for a club at the Wiv Dean, whereas at the Amex, it's probably a bit warmer, mm. a bit more sheltered, yeah. so easy more easier to fall in love, yeah. And and feels more like, uh, you know, like like you would see football on the telly. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, because the, the, the Wiv Dean, especially because my son actually used to do his athletics, uh, he used to do um, sports day. Oh, oh yeah, we did Dean. as well. So, so the idea of him going there and trying to take a football game, you know, more seriously rather than uh, amateur level, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, but but I think it's it's but also it's kind of the the power of of being at a game and and at the with Dean was never really you don't have that power if it, there's that mm. kind of lower league sort of uh, you know sounds Dross. like a, yeah, that, a, that, to be honest, some lads actually at the perfect. pub just going, because, but I think yeah, it's the you. power. The funniest thing, when I took my daughter to the first game at the Amex, about 10 minutes in, she, she went, where's the guy, why's the guy who talks? And I was like, what? What, pre-match? Well, I, I, it took me a while to work out. She, she wondered where the commentator was, because obviously oh, she'd never been to the No way. And she was no a little way. disappointed that there wasn't somebody <laughs> who'd sit next to us and like tell That's us what was <laughs> Well, she just what, do you mean the commentators the on the speakers? Did she? Did she mean maybe? She, I think she thought there would be a commentator at the game. <laughs> oh, no Martin That's Tyler brilliant. on the speakers. That'd be funny. That's yeah. funny. That is funny. That's brilliant. I'll tell you what, actually. So since now I'm reminiscing my that days. So for you, I mean, it must be pretty mad because obviously praise you comes on all the time. It reminds me every single time of you. You know, you said it's overplayed, but it reminds me every time being at the Amex. I can see an ego Calder going to every corner of the ground still whenever I hear it. But do you? What does that feel like for you being a Brighton fan? That just must be crazy. I know. I know you say it's a bit overplayed, but just to have your own music at the grounds. I mean, how did that feel when you heard right here, right now, and all that being played at the games? Um, I think. It all comes in a package with my relationship with the team. Um, all this sort of thing of kind of boyhood dreams. Basically, to support a team and then 
one day find yourself with your name on their shirts Mm. like that was kind of I thought that was like this level of, of, yeah. of uh, pride and excitement and just knowing we, we were the shirts because we were shirt sponsors for like nine years mm. and then and then we're because of that we're in the, the boardroom and the director's box then to get financially involved in the club took it up to another level and mm. then to be able to play a gig at the Amex I think probably the pinnacle was when, when I played the shows at the Amex when, when we first got it and this was like, I could, oh, and, and the, of course, the only thing left at that point was actually play a game of football on the pitch. Oh, did you get to do that? I, I have played one kind of sort of, yeah. uh, a, a sort of celebrity charity game nice. uh, on, oh, the, on the actual turf. So it's, it's all part of this whole package of having a direct relationship with, with the team that you love. Which mm. I must say, is, I, I would recommend to everyone. It's just the most beautiful thing. If you think how how many beautiful moments you've had at the Amex, and multiply them by the mm. fact that mm. you're involved and you're allowed, you know, backstage and 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 kind of all the 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 you know the perks you have of being involved with the club. So it's yeah, it's it's just a dream that keeps on giving. Mm. Um, and every time I think it can't get any better, then strange things happen, and, and yeah. it does. Brighton, Brighton, just being Brighton, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you know, all the, the 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 obviously when we got involved, when we first started the shirt sponsorship, we were in the bottom at the bottom of the bottom tier. We were just we just survived uh, mm. dropping out of the league, so we started at the very very bottom, and. Mm. It was great because we've just watched it build and build and build. And there's points during that journey where, you know, when we were talking about how big the Amex should be and how, you know, how many people it should hold. And someone said, well, you know, you need a certain amount to be in the premiership. And someone said, yeah, but we're never going to be in the premiership. You know, let's <laughs> yeah. be honest. Let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. And all the sort of the dreams that, that um, all the dreams that we've had have pretty much come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, I remember, I remember, Helping dig the first lump of soil out for the for the amateur oh, wow. bill. Uh, I remember going to the opening of it. Me and my mates were all wearing suits to go to the like official opening. Was, it, was like, it John John Prescott when it at the time? Was it was it? Uh, he was he was in. Wasn't he like against the building of it? Wasn't he? And then he sort of had a U turn. No, right? he he had it. Yeah, no, no. Dick Knight got to him and charmed right. him and all the yeah. yeah there was tons of. Uh, you know, we all sent him Valentine's cards and things like that. <laughs> yeah, he overturned. He overturned the um, yeah the the uh, thing that said that we shouldn't have it. Yeah. So it, yeah, I mean, it's just been such a, a a beautiful journey that you yeah you kind of I don't know sort of look back. I mean, it was quite grim the 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 uh, at the with Dean, and it was like we mm. were fighting literally week to week to stay alive financially. Yeah. And but it was some, there was something about our resilience, there's something about the fans, there's something about the fact that we managed to to start playing better and 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 built a team and built um, a succession of managers who who kind of got us up to the next level. Mm. So yeah, it's been it's been nothing but joy for me. Do you think um, when you first did the sponsor with Skin, it was you know I, I think at the time it was skin we also had donatello's involved as well it was quite a brighton feel to the sponsors that we had so brighton really felt like brighton if you know what i mean did you yeah sort of go about it with that intention or was it just purely you know you just wanted to give your money into the club sort of thing no i mean it was i mean it was a bit of a hoot and and you know uh, 
Dick Knight came from a, 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 um advertising background and the irony wasn't lost that the word skint <laughs> on our shirt. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be know, one of our questions. Was did you yeah. do that intentionally? You know, was that in, like, an intentional thing that you had? Well, it, well, I mean, the record company was called Skint anyway. Originally but, called Skint, where, okay, but, yeah. It was, you know, we didn't change the name, but no, but it, we we all saw the funny side because we were yeah. actually skinned. So it was yeah. a bit of a hoot. It was like, you know, the team were on their knees; they had nothing to lose, and we were. But then, the after the the horror of the Archibaldi years, the, it was very much in the way that 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 Dick was leading the club. That it wanted it had to be run by fans, by local fans, and you know, in, and it's a great model. And so having a local, you know, we were, we were very proud of, the uh, Skint was very proud that we were a Brighton record label because most record labels are up in London. So we were very proud of Brighton and, and, and Brighton was very proud of us because we were, at that point, we were doing great things in the charts. And, and the tie-in of the two just seemed like a beautiful mm. synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I mean, but even there is a way of doing it. There is a way of avoiding foreign ownership of a club if you've got a homegrown billionaire who mm-hmm. uh, who whose heart is in the right place <laughs> so and if you've got a and then when when we couldn't afford to sponsor anymore luckily you've got a a, a company that's that's got its head office in brighton and it's got a great association with the team and i think right. these are the things that that for me make us you know morally and 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 culturally and beautifully better than than the, you know the big spending foreign foreign owned teams because mm. it, it is very much a community club based mm. around you know we don't have tons of supporters who live in Manchester yeah or London <laughs> no, you know. I get you I get you all yeah. our supporters are pretty much homegrown yeah, yeah. Uh, just some of the no, music one quickly did you ever write your music or create your music thinking that the this song would get played in a stadium did you ever think right I want to make a banger that can be played post match or pre match was that never in your mind? No. 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 Just worked out um, very well. Okay. Yeah, it's just happy. See, it's not just Brighton that play those songs. They so many arenas and stadiums. Man play City that do um, right here, right now, don't they? Well, I found, yeah, I mean I found that, that Praise You works it's kind of a, the the lyric works for so many things. Could it be mm. relationships, people getting married. Uh, it, it kind of it touches so many nerves, and right here, right now means everything and nothing at the same time. But there's, I mean, there's something about right here, right now that it kind of was built for a team to walk out to. It's kind of you know, yeah. gets you, gets you going. Gets you going. Yeah. But that was totally yeah. accidental. I made I made it for for a load of caners in nightclubs to dance. <laughs> I think that was my core audience. <laughs> <laughs> at least you're honest at least you're honest Norman yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love it just just, just quickly are you uh, sorry for being nosy and I'm, I'm not sure how the music industry works but do you still receive royalties for so like every time it's been played let's say at Man City or whatever do they have to pay you royalties to use it I'm assuming right no no, no. Um, the way it works is they play they they have to have a PRS license to play recorded music and right. uh, and I get a small chunk of the PRS income just as a member of the prs but it's shared amongst all all songwriters no we don't get we don't get a special dispensation because they play that tune rather than anything else i mean you do when it gets played on the radio and the tv and things like that yeah um but no you you don't no okay fair enough Um, enough. so on your music then um for a period of time we see we seem to just lose it i mean i think it was when we first got into the premier league we lost your music but now it's back 
Was there any reason for that or or not? I mean, I think at the Amex, I don't think we had your music for a good few years. You'd have to ask answer if you don't want to. Uh, but was there any reason for it? No reason that I know of. There might have <laughs> okay. been. I don't know. There, there has been some. There, there's politics involved in 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 clubs, and when we were making the transition from the from the Dick Knight family amateur club to a, you know a top of the range professional club there was things that kind of the club wanted to move on and not just be harking back to the past so maybe it was that I mean I don't remember I mean I remember because when we first went to the Amex I remember Andy Mack from Skint did that um the put your hands up for Brighton yeah oh that yeah, sort of yeah mega yeah. mix so which and that was because that was me as well um yeah so, I mean, all, I, you know, I, it, it wasn't, I don't think it was a conscious decision. Maybe they just wanted a bit of a change. I mean, I do remember them coming to me and saying, do you think that Sussex by the Sea should be our official song or should we change it to right here, right now? And I actually voted for Sussex by the Sea. Really? Like, Did no, you? No. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. it's something unique to us and stirring and... Um, and I didn't want think people to think that I just wanted it for the payola. Um, yeah, no, that's fair enough. No, I love it. I, th- I, I, you know, again, my, I, my, my heart beats faster when I hear Sussex by the Sea, and so. Um, <laughs> I, would I mean, and it's got we got the banner as well, the North Stand. It looks quality. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Would then, you ever? Oh, go on, Ben. Go on. You go for yours. I was just going to quickly say the whole sponsoring a team process. If there's anyone listening that wants to sponsor a football club, how did, would they manage to do that? And how did? What was the process like of sponsoring Brighton? Yeah. Did someone approach you, or did you approach the club? I honestly, I honestly don't know. It came. I mean, it came more from Andy Mack, who who worked for Skin, is a, is a huge Brighton Albion fan. Is it related to Andy Mack at all? Him, no, no. Uh, Andy, Andy McCurdy, oh, he's, he's been a DJ around Brighton for ages. I think it was his Sorry idea him, and he... <laughs> it's a valid question. He taught, he taught the, um, the, the record company to... It wasn't my idea and I've no idea how the... How, who, who wooed who. I mean, assuming probably... I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's such a brilliant idea. I can imagine when someone said it, they'd go, yeah, that'll work. Yeah. But I don't know I don't know who made the first. You'd have to ask Dick Knight whether he approached Skint or Skint approached him. Mm. So would Dick you ever, Knight if they're desperate. <laughs> would you ever um, go for a sponsorship again of not even just Brighton, any club at all? Would you Would you ever want to dip your toes in again or do you think that's that? Because obviously if you went to the Amex, I've Skint got, Stadium... I've got exactly some new teams. <laughs> I've got I've got some new teams. Have you? Have you? Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I sponsored a team called Brove United, right? Who uh, who went from like under twelves right up to under seventeens, and then, but then they've all grown up. But at the moment, I sponsor um, the Hove Park Colts. Right. Oh yeah, I used to play for Hove Park Colts. I sponsor well, them at the moment. Oh, and, oh nice. Yeah, that's that. great. Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, I bet I wouldn't. I would sponsor. Kids and youth teams, but not another football team. There's no. only one in my heart. But I mean, I'd love to sponsor the Albion again, but I just can't afford it. <laughs> when it was, Very fair. Very it was comparatively Tony Blue, cheap. Yeah, well, competing with Alex, trying to charge you more. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, it got to a point every every year. It got to a point, and they would do me a really good deal. Um, but obviously, the, as they went up the divisions, the potential money that you can make from it just becomes, you know, too rich for my pocket. Um, 
So, so for me to do it again, I would either have to have a huge amount of really, really big hits, or we'd have to get to like relegated twice <laughs> to get down to my price level again. <laughs> um, last thing on the skin before I forget, this came off the top of our dome. There's a famous picture of Snoop Dogg wearing a Brighton of Albion skin kit. Please yeah. tell me you had something to do with that. Did you give it to him? Because that no, was that no. was in Brighton as well. I think he was like walking out of what was shoot. There is there. It was out of the top ranked suite. There is he. It's uh, Snoop is a sports fan, and he just yeah. has a tradition that he'll happily wear the the local shirt if someone brings him to him. So somebody would have brought it to him and given it to them to, to uh, giving it to him at the gig. And oh, okay. he was because I can't imagine Snoop walking gig. into the Albion shop on Western Road or wherever it was at the time. Just <laughs> no, no. Yeah, what's up, mate? What's up, man? Oh yeah. <laughs> or you can't imagine me phoning Snoop up and going, "Hi." <laughs> Do you say you so wearing one of our shirts? Dean Cox on the back, was it? Yeah, Dino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cox Seven. Uh, that was brilliant. Um, so, just moving on then from the whole sort of like sponsorship, stadium, songs, etc. I know you've I know you've uh, mentioned this, uh, and it went sort of semi-viral, especially in the Brighton community, uh, with your story of Bobby Zamora um, and how sort of you played played quite a pivotal part in uh, uh, in that whole sort of Bobby Zamora saga. Could you just quickly just again, like I said, you, I know you covered it, and probably everyone's heard it already, but could you just give us a little bit of an overview on, on what happened there? Well, basically, a few years into the shirt sponsorship thing. Um, Dick Knight took me out for lunch one day and normally when Dick Knight takes you out for lunch it's either because we've done something really good or he wants something off you <laughs> and so we had a lovely lunch and he, he tried to get me really drunk and at the end I said look what's all this about Dick and he went well you probably know that you know the club's in serious financial trouble and uh, basically we're going to have to sell Bobby and I was like really and he went yeah yeah we can't afford you know the wage bill and, but, and we're, so we're going to have to sell, sell Bobby said, unless somebody who really loves the club and has got some cash lying around could inject some of that cash into the club. And so I was like, so you're saying, unless I put money into the club, you're going to sell Bobby Zamora? And he went, hmm. I was like, that sounds like blackmail. And he famously said, call it what you want, dear boy. That's the situation. (laughs) And so, yeah, so he talked me into parting with large sums of money just to keep the club running um and yeah that was that oh, was thank god he did it was my, yeah. my account when i when i put it to my account i never i never told my wife at the time <laughs> what how much it was but when i talked to my accountant he went this is definitely uh, uh an investment of the he- of the he- heart rather than the head and he said That's you know you'll never get this right there yeah, yeah. he yeah. said you know you'll never <laughs> get this iconic. money back <laughs> so yeah and and then I mean, it's been called various things I mean the Argus I think called it the most expensive parking space in history <laughs> they said they said they said, they said do, you know, do you get a vote on the directors thing I was like oh, I could have a vote but I just give it to Dick and they said do yeah. you have any power in the club I said no and they said what, so what do you get out of this? I said, well, I've got my own parking space at the Wizard. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Just, just, mean, just quickly, oh, oh, sorry, just quickly, right. Uh, on that, actually, I remember back in the Dean days, because I, I used to, uh, was it the J Block? The one opposite where, like, Dick Knight would have sat. Um, and I, I remember the, the, the VIP, or whatever you want to call it, the... Uh, Bleachers. Uh, yeah, I just remember basically that it was like the worst VIP box I've ever seen in my life, and I think it might. Oh, have the, like a the wooden... director's porter cabin. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, but you see, like... that's what that 
that's what I loved about the club. That was one of the things because obviously I've never been involved in in sort of it, uh, the, the higher echelons of football. But mm. we just thought it's hilarious that, that yeah, it, we, you, you now get access to the director's porter cabin. And a free Which, roast dinner. To me, well. was another was another like sort of oxymoron. <laughs> it's like the director's <laughs> porter cabin, and and it's brilliant. Like a week, and uh, up until then, um, there was a tradition that you had to wear like a cer- certain uh, suit and tie in the in the director's thing. But a, it was a porter cabin, and b, all the skint crew, none of us possessed a suit and tie. So there's nobody going to wake it. So Dick Knight um, relaxed that rule, and then he re- he thought it was, he said it's, oh, it's really nice you could be casual, you not have to wear a suit and tie in, in the boardroom. Um, but yeah, no, I mean no, everything about the weird thing was kind of second rate knockoff. Oh, so uh, good. I just love the fact that away fans are apart like from the so far away. The away fans are sat so far away, mm. and then I would think it's like I think it was H block, which is the opposite near the, nearer the away fans as near as you can be. And we would just give it to them, but you could barely hear them because they're bless them. They they probably yeah, travelled down from postcode. Yeah, literally, they were so far away. Just you imagine, imagine being a away fan and turning up and going, "How the hell are we meant to see this?" Like, this is it was an, it's an it's a memorable away trip, obviously. But yeah, I would have been I would have been annoyed if I was sat that far away every every time you went there. Yeah, yeah there I mean, was. I mean, there was there was a lot of there was a lot of joy, like I said, in the football. Our, our, our football was in the ascendancy for the whole time we were at the Widdeen. Um And but there was just wonderful things. I, I do you remember the guy used to let off a firework every time he scored a goal? Oh, in the, in the back, his back garden. Are you, any of you actually old enough to have gone yeah, we, seriously to the yeah. Widdeen? No, we did. 20, yeah. yeah, I'm twenty. I, I, yeah. I, I'm in the wrong conversation <laughs> here. If I'm yeah, honest, I'm just here yeah, yeah, me, me, me and Ben, me and Ben, we, we enjoyed many years of the with Dean Norman. Um, I, I, I remember my sort of my iconic game was the eight 0 win against Northwood Victoria, where Jake Robinson got a ha- uh, how many did he got? I think he scored three or four. Um, so yeah, that's like my fond memory of that. And, and I was actually a poor boy as well because um, my best friend is Connor, uh, Connor Wil- at the time was Connor Wilkins, who's Dean Wilkins' son. So I was like right. very sort of yeah, Dean Wilkins. Uh, I used to see him like every day after school. So um, yeah, I, I, I used to. I, I got the privilege, so to speak, to be ball boy at the Widdeen, and uh, I got, I got, because I was very small at the time, even smaller than I am now, and uh, yeah, people used to take a piss out of my height because the ball used to bounce over me. They're like, "Way!" and I was like, "Cheers, lads." Um, so yeah, I uh, think Whitney, I might have been one of the people taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably as well. To be fair. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I have, I, I have good. I and do bad remember taking the piss out of a short ball boys when it bounced. Over <laughs> no <the> way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. And thanks, also, that, you know what? You know what I really loved about the Widdeen. What I really loved about the Widdeen is that the the linesman could actually hear you like really quite clearly because there was so little other noise going on and yeah, so many issues on the running track. And I remember one time we there was a linesman and I, I think we'd been at it the night before and we were in quite a, a playful mood. And my mate decided to try and give the linesman an insecurity complex about his hair. So we all started going, you know, oh, are you thinning on top? God, ball, well, nice one, Baldy. <laughs> and all the way through, we just kept making ball jokes. Now the bloke actually had a full head of hair. <laughs> we, we just, but you could see by the end of the match, you could just see him going like that. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. Like, why are they all? Why are they all calling me bald? <laughs> oh, that's a claim to fame. I bet he's like, yeah, Norman Cook called me bald once. Uh, I've got to bring it back to my times now because we've gone around all the old times, but now we've got to go to now. Did you? Okay, did yeah, you yeah. ever see? Did you ever see Brighton going from that everything we've just spoke about and more to? the Premier League corporate club that it is today did you see that coming or was it genuinely just you know the Premier League invested? bit or the corporate club bit 
All of it. All of it. Everything that comes with it. On, only in my wildest dreams. Yeah. Uh, you know, to to if you think even a couple of seasons ago, like if we beat one of the big six teams, that was like kind of yeah. you know made your heart beat like it yeah, was going to burst. And now we kind of yeah yeah we we'll, yeah we get at least a draw off them. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah no I mean the the where we've I suppose uh, you know again, not to bang on about the oldest but knowing where we came from to where we are now makes it even more incredible that we do it but also the fact that we've never done it before really in our history we we you know we it's not like oh you know the glory days we had no glory days we had a brief yeah. flirtation with the with yeah. the first the old first division in the 80s and but we've never been a top tier club so no. the feeling, especially this season, when we feel like we're an established top team club, not a relegation battle. Top, Looking at Europe, yeah, hopefully. And yeah, I mean, look at I mean, that's you never know. Have these, I was so happy when the conference league was made. Dreams. I thought we've got only one more place now. So I think it's eighth place or seventh place, depending on who wins a certain cup. That's what we got aim for now. It's, it's in reaching distance, yeah. so close. I just can't believe when we got promoted from League One. I remember sitting around with my friends, and we were like, "We'll probably spend like ten years in the Championship, maybe, maybe get promoted." We just done it so quickly. Looking back on yeah. it, it's it's insane how quickly we. And we could have done it sooner totally as well. Yeah, we could have done it in that second season in the championship. We could have just come straight up. Yeah, yeah. it's just it is actually. I think it's probably good. I mean, all those all those playoffs when we didn't get in the Premier League, I oh, think they were pain. probably there for a purpose. I think they were there for, it a, reason. for no, a reason. No, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it was our time. And I yeah. think you're right. I think we would have gone straight back down and had we yeah, gone up. Yeah. Were early. you a fan of the Clappers in the playoffs, or did you think that was a? I really, really liked them. Did you? I know, yeah. No, I like you so much. Was it Gus who didn't? Was it Gus who didn't like him? That's why we like. Yeah. Everyone apart from you. I tell you, I tell you why. Because I'm all, I'm all for the crowd getting involved and making lots of noise. And clapping actually hurts your hands after a while. But this way, it was like a really easy way to make a really lot of noise. And I thought it might intimidate the palace, or you know. Um, I suppose it takes more than that to intimidate them. Yeah, more, than, yeah, more than something in a toilet <laughs> yeah. to intimidate them. I think it worked against us. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, I, I really like I really like the clappers. And, uh, yeah. okay. um, Interesting. And then, and, then, and then final one on the journey, uh, Norman, then. Because obviously, it's, it's, it's pretty mad because your sort of personal career journey, going from like £10 an hour DJ in local clubs to playing at Glastonbury, is very similar to... £10 a night? Is it £10 a night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not even £10 an hour. Bloody hell. No, £10 a night. Jesus Christ. That's my bad. That's right. I had to do a day job. I worked in Round of Records to fund my habit. Oh, mad. That's crazy. So, yeah, Norman, that was my bad. Maz, yeah, I wrote down an hour by accident. It should have been £10 a night. Yeah, oh, the, research out, is getting, the research is getting fired, mate, I'll yeah. tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but no, anyway, that aside, that aside, yeah, you've got very similar journeys. Like, do, does that ever, do you ever sort of sit back and think, oh, bloody hell, like, yeah, we have got quite, like, I support a club that had a similar journey to my own personal sort of life, so, so to speak. Yeah, or is that is really the first time you've heard like it? That. Yeah. That's the first time I've really thought of it. I think of it more in terms of uh, the local side of it, the community side of it. Yeah. And you know, supporting your local team. And the thing is, you have to support your local team because they're, they're all you've got. Try telling my brother and, that. That's the and, that's the Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think it should be compulsory because it would save lots of air miles of people 
going getting the train up to yeah. Manchester to watch United every week. Um, but no, supporting your local team is like you have to support them whether they're good or not. Write that down. And then and if they if they're not good, you have to find a sort of sense of humour or a sense of humility about why you support them because you still have to. So when they get good, you're just it's just like oh my god, this is, this is beautiful. I didn't even choose this path and I suppose it was the same it was like um, at the time when when the club started doing well I was kind of on the ascendancy in, in my career and in my mm. life and the two of them going hand in hand just seemed such a, a beautiful mm. journey yeah. that we went on together but I saw it more in terms of cementing our relationship with with where we where we lived yeah and, and you know I, and I'm, I'm really proud that to have put Brighton the city on the map in some way yeah like when i was younger and i told people from america i came from brighton they go oh well you know quadrophenia that's about all they knew that's the only thing they knew about Brighton. i always get is that where, near london i just always go yeah south london yeah south london. yeah, <laughs> yeah where, where. <laughs> and <laughs> then but then after the the skint thing people go oh skint records and you know and it and it kind of it gave something else that brighton did and and similarly you know, when, when, when people say, what football team do you support? I go, Brighton Hove Albion. They went, but who do you, but who's your good team? Oh, every you know, time. Yeah, but who's team? your Premier League team? Yeah, yeah who's your Premier League oh. team? And it's, it's such a joy not to have... And now, yeah. you know, I, I, was in, I was in Denver and Miami last week and I'm talking to the cab drivers about the Albion because they all watch them on the telly and now I don't have to explain it anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, things like yeah. that are just... It's so proud, but it's... But it's it's putting our city and our community on the map mm. is, the, is, yeah, is the, the important it, thing. It's funny you say that, like talk about putting Brighton on the map. So with regards to all these artists now, so we, throughout the, like, especially right now, like as you probably know, RD is obviously massive uh, on the Brighton music scene. He's really sort of, you know, doing all his music videos in Brighton. Uh, he always talks about Brighton in his lyrics as much as he can. I think he's even got a song called 6am uh, in it's, Brighton. Yeah, um, the album, so, the album's called, uh, some, what's it, Peer Pressure, but it's spelt like yeah so obviously yeah you know you talk about people putting on the map like how like of course you were like the original og to put brighton on the map you know like you said like you always did the, your gigs like big gigs at brighton you obviously did your one at the beach that kind of stuff and now seeing the new gen sort of coming through and repping brighton does that make you proud and like how much and like does it make you think oh that's mad like i was the reason maybe they're so proud of being from brighton do you ever think that oh i don't think i was the reason no, I think I, I, I like the fact that I might have that people might have thought well because what normally happens is you get a, you you come from a place and then you get a little level of success and then at some point it's like well it's inevitable that you're going to move up to London you know that's kind mm. of that's part you know you have to if you're going to get to a certain level and maybe we introduced the idea that you can still be you know you, you can stay living in Brighton and still be really successful. Mm. But no, I think I think Ardy is is bangs on because he's as proud of our city as as I am. Mm. I, 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 yeah, you know, it's, I think it's and it, and we we've got our own thing enough, and we're a, a, you know a big enough city to, for for you to want to tell the world about it. Yeah, you know, to, to have a pride in it. And on another Brighton artist, I was going to say another Brighton artist. Have you heard of DJ Licardia before? <laughs> Licardia. Yeah. I, I when he first when he first started um, there was something in the press about him DJ and I went and checked him out and thoughts. he's it's not my style of music no no that's no is it mine I, I wouldn't worry about it it's not it's rubbish isn't it really <laughs> where do you stand on that because obviously he's getting paid to play for Brighton and wasn't really appearing and then behind the scenes obviously you're allowed to do whatever you want hobby wise but 
we've heard things about him contacting like, other artists saying like he wants to like, link up and make music things like that do you think he should have concentrated on his football or are you, were you happy for him to pursue that as like a am hobby I, or other am career? I allowed to say am I allowed to say I'd prefer him to be DJing than playing for us <laughs> no, that's no, probably a lot of crime. You're the least corporate. You've got no. You've got no right. one looking at you. Here. Yeah, you're, I'm you're not the least corporate. People I'm there. probably more of a fan of his DJ than his playing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, saying that, and that says a lot. We have to yeah, send this to Paul Barber. We have to send this to Paul Barber my, for him to watch. Big mouth, this, this one's going to rebound on me. <laughs> yeah, you can't sort of But sorry, on a serious question about that. Me and my cousins, uh, we religiously play your i360 set before a night out. We watch it on these big projectors. Unbelievable. Great set. Uh, where does that rank in terms of your locations of venue you've played at? Is that, was that the best or what's the best and That's also the probably, worst, actually? It's probably second only to being at the bottom of the i360 playing on the beach, you know, for the big beach boutiques. Oh, God, yeah, unbelievable. I think nothing, nothing would beat that. Nothing would beat that kind of feeling of like, this is my hometown and that's why I'm allowed to do this, and that's why all these people and all these people, are, you know, this is my my crowd. My shut family, down the city. You know. Was it a quarter? Yeah, of, quarter yeah. Of a million people to shut down the city, and and no one really seriously complained apart from the national, you know, the town. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in Brighton is like, yeah, okay. There's a lot of mess, and it's <laughs> city smell of piss for a month, but um, <laughs> but everyone kind of forgave me. So no, uh, yeah. The, I mean, yeah, the um, yeah, the i three sixty one was just it was just a weird one. It kind of came out of nowhere because it's some French guys who who organised it, and we oh. originally was I originally was going to play like the opening of it when it went up, but then it wasn't ready in time, and then when it was ready, they couldn't put together a show, and so we never did it. And then about two years later, these French guys said, "Oh, we're going to be doing a DJ set up the i three sixty, and we thought we'd ask you." I'm like, oh, glad you asked me because nobody else is going to be the first DJ to play up that structure yeah, definitely. Not, on my, not on my turf <laughs> um, so yeah no, I was very proud and, and I think you know the gods smiled because we had such a beautiful sunset oh, it's which incredible, came out it? of nowhere and yeah, uh, yeah and it's uh, yeah and uh, again puts the product right on the map if you look at the, the on YouTube you look at the comments it was like where is this structure <laughs> where is such a fantastic phenomenal sunset what the hell yeah. <laughs> um, so if you think that the idea of the i360 was to become iconic for Brighton and to attract more tourists, then it's got, it's part of that part of that story. Sure, and yeah. you know, and just part of my part of my continuing love affair for because I mean I love the city and the people of Brighton as much as I do the football team. Mm -hmm. okay. And it, so the beautiful sunset. What was the worst place you've ever played at? To off the top of your head. Ooh. Have you ever played at, uh, what's that place down there? Uh, by, no, Celeste. <laughs> I stopped that. No, I'm, no I'm, playing, I'm playing in Croydon in a couple of weeks. And I'm Are really you? Beginning, oh, I'm wow. beginning to, yeah, I'm beginning to get Just Collie Start some chance over going. it. Yeah, you know the United States presidents, they always have uh, like the shields around them when they do a speech, just in case that's what you need, that's, <laughs> that's what you need in Croydon. Yeah. Yeah. No, the thing is, you joke about it, but I yeah. kind of, I'm a potential target and you know what those scumbags would do. Oh, yeah. You know the 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 um, yeah. I will. There will be extra security. Uh, yeah, don't, I don't happen. blame you. Honestly, I don't blame Cause you. Because oh, if you because you you got that quote about me and and Dick Knight and Bobby Zamora off that uh, American podcast. podcast. I did. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Andy Andy Fresco. That did you? Because did you clock my comments about um, Palace on it? Yeah, that was quality. Cause, yeah, cause shout out to my friend me, Brett right. who sent me that. By the way, my there, Brett, there's my me, friend Brett there's, loves it. All right, because yeah. there's me miles from home. 
jet lagged and doing this podcast and and the, with like some American sports guy who doesn't know much about soccer and he's like don't tell me about it and then somehow I got, <laughs> somehow we got talking about Palace and um, but of course I was at that point thinking well it's only people in Denver who are going to be hearing this you know yeah. it's just a local podcast and then you forget these things go all the way around the world so I'm sure I mean there's a lot of reasons for Palace fans to hate me anyway but things like that. I don't do myself any favours in stoking the fire hopefully so the Holmesdale fanatics there. aren't Andy, Andy Frasco fans and I haven't heard you say that you've got help, HLTCO <laughs> getting locked up after your game well I take it none of them be watching this so I can probably speak freely oh you'd be surprised mate there are some pages that all they religiously talk about Brian oh really even, even though they're Palace fans they'll religiously talk about Brian we call them talk yeah. Brian I usually, despite being I usually get the brunt of it <laughs> yeah Brian, Brian gets the brunt of it uh, apologies for that I, I take full blame my shoddy internet <laughs> in this village that I live in uh, yeah, London. East London. I live in East London, and it's yeah, it's, it's a shithole. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Norman. Um, yeah, the next question was just like, of course, the big, big Brighton Beach party, like one of the biggest I think the city's ever seen. Um, what was yeah. that like? Like to have that many people there for you? Like, it's not just it's not just you know ten thousand people, fifteen thousand. It was like. Was it 100,000 or something nuts like that? 250,000. 250, yeah, 250, yeah. A quarter, I mean, that's our, that a was our of a million guess. people <laughs> yeah, <laughs> were there mad. for you. Like, does that just blow your mind? Like, yeah. Yeah. Just talk us through it blew that. My mind. It, it blew my mind, but it was also quite scary. I mean, because mm, of that, yeah. there inherently came a lot of danger and problems. Yeah. And it was kind of fraught with... I mean, I was just spent that most... I spent more of that day talking to policemen um, yeah, I bet. Uh, than I did to fans uh, just mm. to keep the wheels on it and it was a yeah. bit you know and we were really worried because something badly the last thing they said before I went on stage is if we get this wrong you could have two Hillsboroughs on your hands Jesus. and I'm doing a mass I'm, I just walk off stage like, what's 96 times 200 um, yeah so it was uh, it was there was too many people for us to really enjoy yes. it we just yeah. had to just keep our heads down and try and make it go th as smoothly as possible um, the first one, the year before we did one, it was, there was about 65,000 and that was probably about as proud as I've ever been in my mm -hmm. career of, 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 the, of the city I lived in. And yeah, and, and but there, I, I don't know, it depends. I think some people, you know, when you see all those people and you think they're all here for me, some people go, they're all here for me and hell, <laughs> I deserve it. You know, I'm going to get off it. It's just, it's so I, 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 when I, you're walking out. I always go, like that. it's unbelievable. I always, That's I always go, shot. they're all here for me. What if I fuck it up? You know, yeah, uh, I always have a moment on those really big ones. I'll, there'll be a moment when I'm just walking through and I just see I don't know, sort of forty portable toilets in a row. I just think, oh god, that's all for me. And if I break my ankle, if I trip over on the way to the stage, the whole thing's going down. And because so, yeah, even I, the walk, even the walk to the stage, there's so many people like John. I think some of the videos we looked through, just so many people to like. Yeah, all like, I'm thinking is, like all I'm insane. thinking is, if I trip it, if I sprain my ankle right now, everything's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine what the Beatles felt like, Norman, when every time they performed. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, your yeah. that was your Beatles moment. So yeah, so there's, there's an amount of pride, but with that pride comes fear and responsibility. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Christ knows valid. how football. Christ knows how footballers perform. Mm. You know, if, if you think yeah. about that level and that that amount of people watching you and knowing how much what they do on the pitch means to the people who every are every single stand, touch means something. Yeah, and. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you can perform because I would just, I would just be paralysed with fear. Mm. And, and, and sorry, you, sometimes, 
when you, when you see a team playing fearfully and you kind of you, you know you just think oh Christ you're just scared you know you're not doing anything inventive you're just scared of fucking out and everyone's just passing <laughs> to each other and going back to the keeper and everything but I, that's how I'd play my whole career I think if I had to do it in front of that many people <laughs> where, where would you where would you where would you play Norman if, if you if you were a footballer like are you a defender are you I could see I could see you being a bit of a, a, bit of a, a DM yeah I was going to say DM uh, I was centre back when I did centre back centre back nice. yes. Yeah. Uh, you, big did you put a lot of challenges in were you a bit of a dirty dirty centre back I wasn't I, to be honest I wasn't very good I wasn't skillful <laughs> enough really to catch enough people my uh, my, my proudest moment um, was playing for Emmerdale Farm against what East Enders <laughs> oh right right um, okay in a, in a sort of charity celebrity match yeah playing mm-hmm. for Emmerdale Farm and my job was to um, mark Wixie out of the game now, I don't know if you're old enough to no, remember. I'm not sure. I don't know who Wixie is, unfortunately. I'm surprised you didn't oh, pick right. EastEnders, though. Are you, you were born like the East End, were you? Was that- no, no. In that time, I was in the House Martins, and we lived up in Yorkshire. So uh, oh, okay. we got... and But also, we only got drafted into Emmerdale Farm because there weren't enough people in their cast young enough to play football. So they couldn't, <laughs> they couldn't, they couldn't field a team of 11, whereas EastEnders were pretty important. Um, yeah. yeah, so Nick Berry, who, who bizarrely is now my next-door neighbour here, he oh, right. uh, he was the centre forward for EastEnders. At that point, he was like the heartthrob. He was like Justin Bieber of, of um, Soap World. So, and my my job was just to mark him out of the game, which I did successfully. And he didn't. Like, You're still uh, marking him now, next door. Wait. Well, no. Wait. He, well, that was kind of how we got to know each other because no one ever passed the ball to him because I was always <laughs> next to him. So we just got chatting. Wait, and, please uh, tell that's me how you, we you became play- friends. Please tell me you played against Phil Mitchell and Grant Mitchell, please. <laughs> yeah, I know. At that point, bizarrely enough, uh, Grant. Um, I don't know what they, yeah, the, they're all names are. The one who does the. Um, oh, Ross Kemp. The, Ross, Ross Kemp. Kemp. Ross yeah. Kemp was actually in the Emmerdale team. Oh what? <laughs> with us, because he was in Emmerdale. I'll, I'll show you the picture. That's like Carlos. Te- that's like Carlos yeah. Tevez moving to City, isn't it? Oh, we've got a photo. <laughs> <laughs> ops, ops behind the behind oh. enemy lines. Yeah, this oh, is the. This is uh, amazing. There you go. This is the Emmerdale. I'd love to just sit through and look at all these photos. Yeah. <laughs> the memorabilia must be mad. Here we go. So this is. Oh wow! Oh, wow. With hold on. Oh, quite a lot of people turned up as well. Massive shows, aren't they? Yeah, I suppose I forget they're massive shows, aren't they? Yeah, mm. no, we used to play. We have to have a lot of fun. That was, I mean, we played. What stadium was that? Do you remember? I can't remember where that particularly was. I suppose. Should we do a competition? Name that stadium. Yeah, <laughs> name the stadium. It would, have been, from... it would have Bowls been. It would have been one of like. It would have been a first division stadium, probably. Yeah, Barnsley yeah. were quite good back then, weren't they? It's got a tear on it there. Yorkshire, so. Yorkshire vibes. Cholton. Yeah, so that's yeah. that. The House Martins, Emmerdale yeah. Farm, and Ross Kemp. <laughs> that's one team. That's so yeah. good. Right, okay. brilliant. Um, so, yeah, go on. I was just going to say, well, I was going to end it to be honest. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. lastly, before the fan Q&A then. Right. Anything left on your bucket list? Anything else you want to do? Nothing that I know about. All the things that were on my bucket list, I've, <laughs> I've done. Uh, but I mean, you skydived? Uh, that's not on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> all, the things that, all the things that I wanted to do, I've done. But then... That's thing, incredible. That's, that things, in itself is amazing to new say. New things come up, like, you know, like the Olympic closing ceremony. I didn't know that was on my yeah. bucket list until I got offered it. So there's things like that that just I didn't know existed. Um, 
but no, no, I think I've I've kind of yeah. I mean, I've I've been lucky enough. To and you're on Seagull Social now, so you yeah. That's about to well, this was social. obviously the last, <laughs> the last bit of the. Past. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, good, my whole career, I feel, has been building up to this moment. It's just uh, absolutely <laughs> not skydiving. <laughs> yeah. no, we should skydive together and then land on the smiley face on top of your roof. We can, if we all know how to do it well enough. I really don't want to skydive. No, I neither do I. Ben, stop <laughs> trying to get Fat Boy Slim to skydive. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to skydive. Do. Do. Right, let's move on. I know, I know yeah, we, we want to try to get this wrapped up. So, yeah, we've just got um, three fan questions uh, yeah, that have been sent in to us on Twitter or Instagram. So, we'll do one each. Um, I'm actually, sorry, I'm, can I just do one personal and then one? I'll do one fan just because uh, I've okay, got one go, personal. Go. Wait, one, I've got one personal one. Um, what has been your best Albion moment as a fan? What's been the most like, iconic moment for you? Um, I, don't know, I got really excited beating Man City on penalties at the Withdean. Yeah. Oh, I, was I, ma- I, was, the, I was there that was, game. Yeah, yeah, the Joe, the, yeah, that was a yeah. League Cup. So it was jo- um, yeah, when it was they had league. Joe, Rubinho. Um, yeah. Like 2008 or something, wasn't it? I yeah. think that's the first time we beat a really big team yeah and just my just excitement and, and this is at the, at the with Dean you know the, the athletics track and here we are beating well um that's the one that just came to my mind hmm. but I did think did you actually run on the pitch were you did you run on the pitch as well I don't think I, I did no ran yeah, up to Rabinho I, I, I did yeah I ran on the pitch no, as well it was quite embarrassing <laughs> looking back uh, well no because at this point you have to remember at this point I am I'm a director and a yeah, sponsor <laughs> of the team that's a bad bit. look getting thrown yeah. out of the stadium for running on the pitch <laughs> brilliant right okay so my first um, fan question yeah uh, can you redo the Goldstone rap from Simon P. James 73 you know what if, no. if I if I had a pound for every time I've been asked to remix <laughs> Sussex by the Sea, the Goldstone rap, or anything by Attila the Stockbroker, then I would have exactly seven pounds thirty. <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, no, it's been it, it gets mentioned from time to time, but it's not uh, not something I'd want to do. Fair enough. Very fair enough. Right, um, Ben, do you want to shoot yeah, first? I'll quickly you go. So my, my cousin actually, James Spice, he asks, when is Beach Boutique coming back? We all want it. We had so many people messaging and commenting, saying about Beach Boutique. Well, I couldn't possibly divulge any information. Oh, okay. Uh, But suffice to say that this year is the 20th anniversary of the big one. It's the 20th anniversary of Big Beach 2. So it would be a shame shame (laughs) if the summer went by without it being remembered in some way. No, Not normal. Yeah. All I'm saying yeah. is, all Plan, I'm saying plans is, are afoot. All, all I'm saying is, <laughs> I know basically cryptic, cryptically, you've just told us yes, so we want to. <laughs> we can sort us out. Yeah, we, 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 we need to be there. Yeah, we need to be there. Seagull Social, VIP. Remember my name. Like I said, I couldn't possibly <laughs> confirm or deny that. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll do live, right, live podcast to warm up the crowd. Actually, before we'll yeah. do that. Right, final one. This, Ryan, go on, Ryan. Final okay, one. Uh, this one's from Connor White, and uh, he says your. The best, blah, 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 can't even talk. The best player you've watched at Brighton. Uh, well, this is way before your um, your your time, but there was a player called Johnny Crumplin back well, yeah, in the nineties and uh, before your time. And I thought he was the best player in the world. There was it, the, <laughs> the chant went Johnny Crumplin, football genius. And <laughs> <there was laughs> <T-shirts>. <laughs> but 
<laughs> I think with the benefit of hindsight, some of it might have been ironic. He, but yeah. he, had the, he had this amazing capacity uh, to head the ball when it wasn't necessarily required. He would, he would like, <laughs> the ball would be coming towards him. Most people would like to take it on their chest or their, uh, at their feet, but he would like dive about two foot above the ground and then do, but he could, he could clear the ball with a, with a header. With a diving right. from you know to the edge of his heart, and yeah. the penalty box. Uh, yeah, no, Johnny Crumlin, and um, and he was a great. I I parted with him a few times back in the day, so oh, I nice. fondly remember him. Love it. And I've still yeah. got. I'm trying to remember where it is. I've I've got a portrait of him that someone painted for my birthday one year. So yeah, Johnny <laughs> Crumlin. Was he the best party? Sorry, just a quick one off that. Was he the best Brighton player that you've ever parted with? Who? That's, that's, uh, that's he was. He was up there. I don't. I don't want to name and shame. Uh, okay. we tried we tried he there, but he, <laughs> we tried yeah no nice try lads um, <laughs> no, fair enough right we'll leave it on that then amazing listen Norman you have been an absolute legend and we honestly appreciate uh, every minute of your time and um, yeah it's been an inc- incredible um, uh, podcast just finally Norman every week we ask for people uh, to put a comment down below in the comments so obviously as, as our esteemed guest what would you like them to put in the comments down below Anything it can literally be anything you want, just for them to comment down below. What I would like them to comment. Yeah, yeah. literally, it can what be a like word, it can be a phrase, it can be whatever you want. Uh, Dilf. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That right? So oh, everyone, God. everyone, everyone, watch your yeah. on YouTube. Come on, ladies. Come on, yeah. ladies. Get the Dilf out for <laughs> Whoever's watching on YouTube, uh, comment down below, Dilfs. And of course, yeah, make my, sure you subscribe. My auntie is a like, big fan of you as well. She would agree Boys, with that, Norman. I'm going to interrupt you right here, right now. I'm going to interrupt you right here, right now. Because we've come a long, long way together, boys. <sighs> and Norman, I need to praise you like I should. If we've been Seagull Social, check it out now. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Thank, you very, very, Thank you and good night. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.